Pastor Tim out of the Northwest Campus and I here at Summerlin are starting a new series of sermons uh, on the Apostle Peter. Along with this series of sermons, we're starting uh, some community groups. The community groups will start meeting this coming week. Each group will meet once per week for the next five weeks. Um, and in the groups, it's an opportunity to gather with some other folks from the church, uh, to have some fellowship, uh, and, to, and to do a little bit of study, to explore more deeply some of the themes that come from the sermon series itself, um, and the experiences that folks have and the witnesses that come from these community groups are just wonderful. So I'd encourage you to think about praying about joining one of the groups. There's 10 different groups uh, that are already scheduled that are listed in your bulletin. There are different times in the week, different places uh, to make it easy. If you want information on helping to get signed up for a group, um, you can certainly go to the Connection Center after the service. They'll help you there. Or you can fill out the blue card that's in the back of the pew, drop it in the, pew, uh, in the offering later tonight, uh, today, and uh, we'll call you. Or you can see uh, Carolyn over here. Welcome back from vacation, Carolyn. Um, uh, or me, and we'll make certain that we get you the information you need to get hooked up into one of the groups. Those who are going to be in the group will be receiving a, an Adam Hamilton book, Peter, Flawed but Faithful. Uh, and then Pastor Tim wrote a companion study guide that we'll be using uh, to go through our community group experience. So, Paul the Apostle, the one that Jesus called the rock upon which he would build his church. And he becomes that in the book of Acts, about the first third of the book of Acts. We see how, how Peter, did I say Paul before? Oh boy, okay. I had a week's vacation, so I'm getting my mind back in it, it here. We saw how Peter... Uh, emerged into that rock upon which the church was built. But it was kind of slow coming for him. Through the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we hear about Peter and watch as Jesus invests a lot of time into helping him to grow in his faith and in his understanding and in his, and in his ability to be a leader. And through the gospel accounts, we see Peter at times as a role model for faithfulness and at other times with one foot in his mouth and seeming to get everything wrong. He was faithful but flawed. Faithful when Jesus first asked, who do you say that I am? It was Peter who said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Flawed. After teaching, Peter once said, So Jesus, I've given up everything to follow you, so what am I going to get? Faithful, at the Last Supper, it was Peter who said, I will follow you anywhere, even to the death. Flawed, after Jesus' arrest, it was Peter who denied even knowing him. Peter, faithful, but flawed. What do we know about Peter? He was born Simon or Simeon. He had a brother named Andrew. His father was a fisherman named Jonah. And I find that kind of ironic that somebody named after the guy who spent three days in the belly of a fish is a fisherman. Simon and Andrew grew up 
in a fishing family, learning to fish. And when their father Jonah died, they took over the family business. They lived in Bethsaida, which is in the far northern edge of the Sea of Galilee, just on the east side of where the Jordan River empties into the sea. As fishermen, they were, for the most part, looked down upon by the greater community, especially Jews from the south down around Jerusalem considered the Jewish fishermen up around the Sea of Galilee to be a little too influenced by Gentiles and pretty lax on keeping the law. But it wasn't just them who looked down upon fishermen. Generally speaking, folks thought of fishermen as being wild and reckless. And yet, it was the fishermen who provided something that was a a basic necessity of life for the area, the fish. And I find that interesting, how these people who provided something that was so basic to life were often looked down upon by the people who received the fruit of their labor. It's not unusual. I mean, it still happens in this world today that folks who provide for the basic necessities of life can be looked down upon by those who receive from them. But back to Peter. Simon at the time, he married a girl from Capernaum, about four miles west of Bethsaida, just on the other side of the Jordan River. Normally you'd expect that she would have then moved to Bethsaida, to his home, but actually for Peter it was the other way around. He and Andrew moved the fishing business to Capernaum and took up residence there. Peter, Simon, living with his wife and with her mother and with Andrew, the four of them, one big happy family. We don't know for certain why he moved to Capernaum, but probably for tax reasons. The taxes were less in Capernaum than they were in Bethsaida. One of the reasons people moved to Nevada, right? (laughs) So, Peter is one of the most important figures in the gospel stories. He is mentioned about 200 times through the gospels. And to put that in perspective, the rest of the disciples combined are mentioned less than 50 times. John, the beloved, the one whom Jesus loved, who wrote the gospel of John, only mentioned 18 times. But Peter, almost 200 times. He's the second most important figure in the gospel, second only to Jesus. In many ways, he functions as a foil to Jesus because of his bumbling and the mistakes that he would make and putting his foot in his mouth. It always seemed to be giving Jesus these opportunities to teach and to bring about clarity to his message. But through it all, through it all, we can watch as Peter is growing in his faith and in his understanding until that day when he becomes the rock upon which the church is built. We're going to begin today by taking a look at the story of Peter laying down his nets and deciding to go and follow Jesus. In the Gospel of Luke, Dennis, will you read for us? Scripture lesson this morning comes from the fifth chapter of Luke, the first 11 verses. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, 
He saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long but have caught nothing. Yet, if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. This has been the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you, Dennis. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord our God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It's quite an amazing story of this encounter with Jesus that results in Peter laying down his nets, leaving behind his occupation to go and follow Jesus. In some ways, it's kind of hard to relate to this story. It seems as though Peter comes to a place of great devotion awfully quickly. Peter is on the shore of Gennesaret, the Sea of Galilee. He'd been out fishing all night long, didn't go well. He's cleaning his nets in order to be able to go home and get some rest. Jesus arrives. A crowd of people are around him. And Jesus goes over and climbs into Peter's boat. Climbs into his boat. And then says to Peter, take me out on the sea. And Peter does it. He does it. I mean, imagine you just got your car washed. I know how you love to wash and wax your car. You just got it done and it's spotless. It's perfect. When somebody comes up, maybe somebody you don't even know that well, who says, you have to take me up to Mount Potosi now. And you know it just had rained, so those dirt roads are going to be all muddy. And any work that you had just done will end up being a waste of time. Would you do it? Would you go? Peter went out onto the sea. And if that weren't enough, then Jesus asks him to cast out these nets that he had just finished cleaning. And yes, by now, Peter had heard Jesus teach, so he knows that he's a great teacher. But Peter was a professional fisherman. He knew how to fish. He knew where to fish. He knew when to fish. And he knew you do not cast your nets into the Sea of Galilee during the day because the fish can see the nets and they swim around it. You cast it out at night when they can't see it, something he'd done almost every night of his life. He knew casting the nets during the day would not 
bring about anything good but a waste of his time. And still, he does it. And it's kind of hard to relate to a little bit that he would act in such a devoted way so quickly, except it wasn't that quickly. Because this is not the story of Peter meeting Jesus. This is the story of Peter deciding to follow Jesus. But Peter had already had a number of experiences with Jesus before this moment. We hear that first one in the Gospel of John, the first chapter, where Andrew and Peter, then Simon, had traveled down to see John the Baptist. John the Baptist was doing his ministry along the Jordan River down near the Dead Sea. So it was a five to seven day walk to get to John the Baptist from Capernaum. They were motivated to see John. And once there, we, we learned that Andrew, Simon's brother, was a disciple of John's. He was close to John. And so there's a scene where Andrew is talking to John. Another disciple of John's is there as well when Jesus comes walking by. And John points him out and says, there goes the Lamb of God. Andrew immediately starts following Jesus. Jesus is aware he's being followed, so he turns back toward him and says, what are you looking for? All Andrew knows to say is, Rabbi. At that time, Jesus then takes Andrew and this other disciple, and he spends some time with them and talks with them a little bit. And then Andrew runs off to get his brother Simon. He tells Simon, come and see, we have found the Messiah. Simon goes with him, and they find Jesus again. And Jesus looks at Simon, and he says one thing. You will be called Cephas, which translates Peter. The next time we see Simon, Peter, he's back up in Capernaum. His mother-in-law has gotten really sick. Jesus shows up at his house, goes inside, and heals his mother-in-law. A couple of days later, it seems like, just a short time later, he's out cleaning his nets after a bad night of fishing when Jesus shows up again. And that's when he tells, or he climbs in his boat. And when Jesus climbs into Peter's boat, Peter knew Jesus already. And when Jesus tells him to take him out in the lake, Peter owed him already. And when Jesus tells him to cast his nets out into the sea, Peter had already experienced something of his miraculous power in the healing of his mother-in-law. And so he casts out his nets. And suddenly Peter starts to seem a little bit more relevant, at least to me, because it took him some time to go from hearing and thinking about Jesus to actually deciding to follow him. And that's kind of how it is with our lives. 
I mean, we hear about Jesus. We hear people talk about him. We hear stories of his life. We hear about his miraculous powers and the healings that he can bring. We come to church, we pray, we read a little bit of the scriptures, and we just kind of listen. We look, we listen. But there's a difference between being around watching than deciding to follow. There's a difference between watching Jesus and deciding that he's going to become the focal point of our lives, that we're going to follow him. That moment for Peter came when he was out doing the thing that he knew how to do best. He was out on the ocean or the sea. He cast his nets out, a fisherman. He was doing what he knew how to do best. And what happened after that as a fisherman, he knew that he himself had nothing to do with the amount of fish that were caught. It was because of Jesus that this had happened. And suddenly, Jesus became relevant to his life, became very, very relevant to his life. I mean, this story is so filled with what Methodists call the pervenient grace of God. You know, that grace become, that comes before we're even aware of it. I mean, Jesus just keeps showing up in Peter's life. Shows up down by the River Jordan. Shows up in his own home. Shows up in his workplace. Just keeps showing up. And then invites Peter to do something. And it's when Peter does something that everything in his life begins to change. Jesus invites him to do something, and, and two things happen. Two things that are important to catch happen. First, as Peter responds to Jesus' invitation to do something, as he responds, he finds himself drawing closer to Jesus. Jesus becomes more personal, becomes more relevant to his life. He experienced Jesus down at the River Jordan, but he did not drop everything to follow him. He experienced Jesus in his own home healing his mother-in-law, but he did not drop everything to follow him. It was when he experienced Jesus at work in his own life in these ways that were really relevant. It was when he responded to this sense that there's something that he needed to do that Jesus became more alive to him, more important to him in his life, to the point where he was willing to drop everything, that following Jesus was more important to him than fishing without him. But a second thing happens, too. Because as we use the gifts and abilities that God has given us, well, this following Jesus, he takes what we have to offer and with it does something miraculous. Peter offered a ride out to sea. He cast his nets. That's what he could offer. Jesus took that. And there were countless, countless fish. 
We offer what we have to offer, our gifts, our abilities. Jesus takes that, and from that comes countless, countless blessings. Is Jesus who said to Peter, who invites us to come and to follow, to take what belief we can muster up, whatever belief we can muster up, and to try to do something with it in order to see what Jesus will make of our lives. Thanks be to God. Amen? Amen.